0: Today's program has been brought to you by Calavita. Think outside the bottle with Calavita, America's trusted family brand, makers of extra virgin olive oil and fine Italian food products. com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org.
1: Hey, <laughs> Mike Calameco here. We're doing a selfie. Yes, sir. We're doing a selfie. We've got a fun show today. I told you last week, I warned you, if you're not into wine, you're not going to dig this. So that's, you know what? Get into wine. If you're, not, if you're into food and not into wine, there's something basically wrong. I've got a great show today. I'm not going to have him live in for, for another three minutes because once he and I go, it's going to be like, it's like being at the top of a long slope and then you get your skis, you dig in and you go, we're off. And it's just going to keep going. Fred Dexheimer, Master Somm. Another week with a great wine person in the house here. I just can't resist. But first, a shout out. Two places I went to this week for the first time, both of them. A while back, I had Ryan Sutton on, who is the food critic for Eater. Before the he was with Bloomberg. He's a great voice in this city. Um, he sort of covers the high end New York scene for Eater, and he was raving about Olmstead in Brooklyn, raving, raving, raving. So I actually finally got someone to pull some strings, got a table, went there on Tuesday night, and I have to tell you, it is all that. It's crazy. It's this great neighborhood restaurant, open kitchen, typical restaurant space, long narrow, a back garden that they use for both growing. Herbs and stuff and also for seeding people. Um just I think the guy worked at a he worked at Per se like badass resume. Um and the food was just freaking fantastic. There was a trout dish. I usually don't like sweet water fish. I'm like a salt water guy. I'm I'm so trout usually tastes to me like like mud, like dirt, it tastes like what it eats. But they had this great trout dish where there was a boneless fillet. They put they put it skin side up under the salamander till the skin turns into flame. Then they take it out, peel the skin off, let it continue cooking. Covered it with grated raw almonds, some roasted uh, Brussels sprouts. And a lot of butter, and it was so freaking good. And then they did a rutabaga, like a Taliatella on a spiralizer a rutabaga that was, great. I mean, everything was great. You ever been to Old Said Fred? No, you haven't been there yet.
2: No, but I, I, you make me want to eat dirt right now. It sounds so good.
1: It was great. It was just <laughs> a little, it was, it's a completely packed place. and It was funny. We get to the end, and they say, You want to do dessert? And someone at the table said, Yeah, I want to do the, the s'mores. So for the s'mores, they take you in the back garden. This is so hipster Brooklyn. They take you in the back garden. They give you these twigs with whittled down points at the end, as if you're at a campfire. They've got these little flames going over over some kind of charcoal and you roast your own homemade marshmallows with graham crackers and hershey's chocolate that was kind of silly but um otherwise olmstead is great if you can get in go and the prices i think that's the best thing about it it's like it's really like super fine dining but kind of casual ish and the prices are like in the teens and low 20s so i would advise you to get three courses and you'll if you don't drink a lot of wine you can get out of there for 50 60 bucks a person and eat like kings and then the next day speaking of kings next day I was at Peora a few weeks ago that I loved, and Victoria James, who's the psalm there, so you've got to try this restaurant. And I have heard about it. It's called King. It's on King Street Lower, well, not Lower Manhattan, Lower Greenwich Village, south of Houston Street, but on the on the west side of Houston, just one of those little West Village streets that you wouldn't know about, um, off Sixth Avenue. A couple of British gals that used to work at the River Cafe in London, which is you know a Michelin starred restaurant. And it's great. it was really, really good. Another one of these new restaurants that only been open for six months. They had this great scallop app with squid and beans. And I had an Anglais, and they had a tongue that was braised. It was really, really good. So I really can't recommend that enough. King is amazing. It's on King Street, Lower Manhattan. You'll need a reservation because it's busy and they take reservations. And then last night I got to see Bill Frizzell at the village vanguard every time bill comes i see him at least twice um, he'll be there next week again this was a trio he killed it one of my favorite guitarists like i'm all into guys playing fast and shredding and a lot of guitarists can't resist that but bill's proof that space and phrasing and subtlety sometimes trumps everything he's one of my guitar gods anyway in the house today i think for the first time were you over on food talk when i was at or no we were on the pbs show though you were. That was the night. It was you, me. I was showing wine bars. Anya. Uh, w- but it wasn't supposed to have been. It was supposed to have been... Laura. Laura Maniac. But she was working downtown at Fiamma. She couldn't get the night off, so she sent Anna in her to do her bidding. And it was a six-location shoot. It was like a 10-hour day. And at some point, you and Anna were kind of like not on the same page with the wines. Yeah. And totally. And then at some point further, we were all kind of wasted. And then by towards the end, it was... Like just an argument. Like I'm like, how are we gonna edit this shit? Yeah. Like you guys would open wines just argue with each other.
2: Well, we were speaking Turkish by the end, I think. We went to that <laughs> we went to Frogs, uh, Turks and kept Frogs and whatever, and we were drinking like Ozguskusu and Bokashkera and Karachakarasi and we were totally uh um, out of our uh, out of our league, there we, we traveled all of Europe, all of South America, all of the United States. We I mean, did. We, our passport was punched it to was the cr- max,
1: and we ended up at Casalula when Tia Keenan was still yeah, there doing the yeah, a fromage incredible,
2: incredible cheese program there. Yeah, it was yeah. Pre- but, pretty pretty but by that point,
1: I, we were all pretty wasted. It was and like, the
2: South, a- we went to that South, we South African place. African so we too. drank incredible Steen yes. Chenin Blanc. Steen Chenin uh, in South Africa. Yeah, that was a good time. Yeah,
1: yeah, she was a hottie. I remember the name of that girl, but she was. I think that place is still
2: there. Yeah, I forget what it's called, but it was amazing. Me
1: neither. It was named after. Beach in South Africa, but i wouldn't know, so Fred dex talk to me you 're from Pennsylvania somewhere, but not like philly like rural PA. no
2: i 'm from Central pia, yeah,
1: like name the town uh I won't
2: sunbury laugh. slash bloomsburg, and I grew up in a video arcade, so that 's the thing you got to understand. I literally grew up in the 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 heyday of a of of like you know, Pac-Man and Donkey Kong, before Nintendo, before Atari. Um, I had pinball machines. We had every that's video. Of we had just, all the greatest video games on the planet. It's great then, way to spend youth. Yeah, and then we turned it into a video store. You know, we so we had all the... Like, we were on the cusp of VHS. So, like, I grew up with movies. And, Wait, Tarantino. Yeah. So, you know, I, I took a wrong turn at Albuquerque. I should have been a film guy or an actor. But now here we are as a, a master sommelier. Like, you know, you know charting the, the world's greatest wines, right?
1: <laughs> when I met you first, you were working on the floor for Lauren Turndale. Yep. So you're the beverage guy, and he had three or four locations by that point already.
2: Yeah, you came to Prime the first time. I came met. to Prime that that the first. Thir- that was our third place, yeah.
1: I came to Prime. You ha- we're not yet a Master Somme.
2: No, I had taken the Advanced, and that's about as far as I was at that point, but I might have taken the Master. Over- yeah, I had taken the Master, I think, once, and and I, I-, and I, you know, I swung the bat you know at three pitches that were you know weren't strikes and uh you know i I went to the the, i went to the dugout with my my head hanging high hold on (laughs) but
1: so you're not we have had Laura manek on the show we've had roger Dagar in the show we've had pascaline i mean there's not there's 123 or 124 master psalms in the country
2: about buck 50. 150 and 230 150 in the world. 150 now, okay. Yeah, yeah. 150. Yeah, somewhere
1: around By the there. way, this is delicious.
2: Oh, yeah. That's a, that's what the, is this? That's the Ziggity, my man. That's Ziggity Rosé from Austria. I mean, people talk about Prosecco. People talk about Cava. We have this stuff. It's so incredible. Uh, it's through one of our um, through one of our um, importers, uh, Austrian. It basically, it's the same price as like Cava. It's in that Cava Prosecco range. Like High Teens, Low 20s. Yeah. And this this it's is Rosé.
1: Really nice. Really fine mousse. It's called Ziggity. Like, ziggity like dog ziggity, like, ziggity dog.
2: If it, all, all, the, all all we need is a rapper to be like, I'm getting ziggity on the rose it's, it's with my right. broses. And it's kinda of saline <laughs> what's it's kinda of
1: saline or is that me? That's your shoe, but it's just me. All you're right, you're just a me. salty
2: dog, man. I I mean, I'm no, You're, could you're, you're like a
1: surfer. I haven't, I haven't had anything to eat all day, so I yeah. just, just come out of the pools. So this post workout, salt. yeah, no, you um, you eat too much so of that the chlorine. master something So, to give everybody ideas idea, so there's 150 now, but it's, this is a program that's going on. Since I was the number 80s.
2: 79 in the United States, and
1: Roger Dagger was one of the real early ones because I get to work like with him. It was like number negative zero, like yeah.
2: he's like there's 80 and then there, there's like B, there's like BR before Roger. You know that's kind of um, yeah. Roger was one of the original. He is like Yoda. He's a sake samurai. He's one of the most um, elegant, eloquent, and just soft deep, smoking. Yoda. Deep,
1: like Yoda esque in that he's like five foot four. He but, wears yeah. ill fitting suits. But if
2: he pulls out the lightsaber,
1: forget about it. Forget about if you it. You want to talk about wine or sake? Forget about it. You yeah. are dead. You're, you're dead. Just, you're you're dead in the water. Like, like, I I got nothing. He's I got so, nothing on him. So you you were taking your courses now. To give everyone an idea, again, how hard this is, last year I was filming, there's a wine bar down on Center Street called... De Accompanied
2: of with uh, Caleb. Yeah, Caleb's awesome. Super wine program.
1: I really like the food. These guys get kind of eleven mad, and the wine list is off the hook. So we're filming there, and I want Pasca to come down to be on camera with me, yeah. just because I always want Pasca to be on. So yeah, it's not so, so Pasca comes down to talk about something. Well, it makes on, you
2: look authentic, you know, the French. That's the, the, the French. make sure you look you
1: authentic. And we, we, her and I had like this romance, love affair thing going too. Lots of touching, lots of hugging. So anyway, <laughs> the day we were filming was the day that that test was being done, whatever it was, last May or something, and the results came in on her. Phone because, of course, they would. Yeah, we,
2: we, get, we have a, group, a network, and it, you get the email. 62
1: of the best Psalms, because to even get invited to do this, you've got to be a badass. 62 of the best from Canada and America took the test, and I believe three best.
2: That sounds about right. Fuck. Yeah. That's, that's what that's, it's like. That's 4.3%. Correct. It's yeah. something some insane. It's not quite five. <laughs>
1: so Laura Maniac <laughs> told me that her, her Achilles heel was service. Yeah. But she really got nervous about the service. So she took it once, nope, flunked service. Twice, flunked service. For the third time, she hired somebody, like a personal guruy trainer, to film her, to get her like in a comfort zone. Yeah. Here's what you're doing wrong, let's work and she spent like six months just working on like presentation for front of the house so she would not and that was what it took for her. Yeah. Well, were you working with people because everyone I know that does this, they would have a group of psalms. that would get together on like an off week night during that year, like the movie, yeah. and they would blind taste each other. Was anybody you were working with was there like a rat pack? Of well, uh,
2: well, let me let me let me start from the beginning, so so to speak. So. Um, You know, as a career restaurant person, let's just start with this. As a career restaurant person, you're a career chef and got into media and these type of things. You know, I decided pretty quickly that restaurant was the way I was going to go. So, like, you know, and and I was a waiter, a cook, this and that and the other thing. And then I found out about wine, and all of a sudden it's like, hmm, there's something here. And if you know something about wine, all of a sudden people spend more money. Number one. Number two.
1: Capiello said the same thing. Check average goes up.
2: Check average goes up. Your tips go up. Right. And I'll tell you a funny story about that because you and I both had a ponytail at one time and we were chasing girls and you know smoking weed and trying to just you know impress people and throw parties and have fun and the ponies, dance ponies. on the, dance on the ceiling <laughs> kind of thing so you know i realized i was working in vermont and uh not only did i make more money i got respect at the table so if i could say something about whether it was Ferrari Carano Chardonnay or, you know, right. the the Chilean Cabernet Merlot blend before they knew that the, all it was Carmenere, which we could talk about too. And the Magnum was this. Like, the you know, people, I was a 20-year-old ponytail ski bummy drummer kid. And they're like, oh, man, you know your shit. And I was like, yeah, I know my shit. And they're like, hey, we'll have, we'll have another bottle of that. And, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, that $10 tip on a $50 check became an $80 check with a $20 tip. And they treated me like... You know, like I had, you know, you know, you know, in the service industry, waiters are sometimes dispensable, you know, dispensable heroes in a sense. It's a Metallica reference, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's like, hey, just give me this, right? And if you actually have something to say and you can create an mm. experience, mm. and that's where I kind of, right. that's the kernel of it all. And through the years, I got some great opportunities, but, um, you know, I moved to New York, worked work with Jean Luc Ledoux, worked with Paul Greco. You worked with Jean on the
1: floor, Danielle?
2: Yes. Then Paul Greco at Gramercy. then And then, this is, this is the golden era, like 2000, yeah. 2001, 2002. This one's blowing up. This one, and then the Psalm thing's blowing yeah. up, but I was already on the trajectory. So, right. like, I was 23, 24 years old when I moved, 22, 23 when I moved to New York um, uh, during the, the, the election. And I remember being in the kitchen of Danielle being like, Gore, Bush, like... That was when I moved to New York, and it was like that was a defining moment. They
1: Gore, they called Florida for Gore that night. Yeah, Everybody yeah, you celebrated. remember? I was there that night, and I woke up hungover as fuck the next day because you were turned just, on the TV and like what the hell there's no president just right yeah all the same newscasters down like oh no, no so, anyway so we were all right so, so
2: so yeah so that's you know to give you a, an idea of my timeline right. in New York and then who I was working with so I was working with John Luke who runs a great store down on down uh, on down Washington about, Street down on well, no it's um, wherever that is uh, Hudson which, yeah down Washington on, actually so yeah trust
1: yeah. me old Lafayette of the meat plant I know it because I buy cases yeah but I mean he's done
2: an incredible job he's of, a badass uh, he's a bad yeah great guitarist also um, yes and music guy and then Yannick works with him and then I work with Paul Greco as Terroir and you know then I work with Chris Cannon who L'impero, you know a slew of James Beard awards he's yep. out in Morristown Correct. with Jockey Hollow then I work with a, a guy named Chuck Simeon so Chuck Simeon was the wine director for Be Our Guest who's Laura's Mm. mentor who she one of the reasons she had problems with service is because she was thrust into a beverage director job and i can define the difference between a sommelier and a beverage director a beverage director is an an admin and a decision making and you know uh you're you're making decisions uh based on you know uh bottom line decisions product decisions but you may not get out on the floor on the floor to, to talk to people so um, well, that's funny. I didn't know. that. No, there's very there's compartmentalization. So then, but then
1: you realize. So she never really spent much time. She on? spent
2: time, but she got she kind of moved. She fast tracked like, a little bit, right?
1: Like leapfrogged over. Yeah, the ten it, years it, it, on the floor to being you're good. Two years on the floor.
2: Well, see, that's one of the out. things. So, so back to the master sommelier thing. So I kind of uh, sped up. I sped through the program quickly because I had street smarts. So I'm an only child. I grew up in a video arcade. You know, I I, I had I run the roost in my little town about ten well, thousand people. Don't,
1: don't say so you've got a great palate. You've got a great nose. You've got a great
2: memory. Well, There's street, no one that's, sh- street smarts though. So this is what I'll tell when you. You're but, yeah. sitting
1: down in front of those guys, and you got a blind taste three reds and three whites, and fucking get them. That ain't street smarts. That's well, that's that, training. That's training. That's yeah. a palate, a tongue, a nose, memory, response. Yeah, I, but it's I, all
2: trained. I grew up on cheeseburgers and pizza, man, in the middle of Pennsylvania. My family didn't drink wine. My mom drank Genesee, Ale. Even though Pascal's
1: from Loire, she wasn't really into restaurants until her 20s. She yeah. was a philosophy major.
2: Yeah, but you can take... So, you know, there's a couple different pieces of that, right? So she's a philosophy major. She, she, she She's able to compartmentalize certain pieces of information and, and Rem- catalog it. Remember she Well, you have to catalog it. Right. And this is kind of something that, you know, I learned from uh, the first Sherlock, Holmes, uh, first Sherlock Holmes book that Sir Arthur Conan Doyle wrote. He said... the 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 mind is not elastic it's like an attic and every piece of information has to be stored and organized appropriately. Now, in an attic, you have to, I wrote you down. but you, but in an attic, sometimes you got to go up there and throw some boxes away because you got to store some other things. So, I, I learned through that quote how to, to to know what I needed to know and know what shit was superfluous and like get out, like, just get out of my mind. And I think some of the issue, and we can talk about that down the line. It's kind of a next level issue. Is a lot of kids in the programs, in the Salmi A programs, and the learning programs, programs, programs get caught up in you know superfluous knowledge and you know this Mm -hmm. from cooking Mm -hmm. it's all about the mother sauces Mm -hmm. if you can nail the mother sauces you and you know how to do certain techniques in cooking or even in bartending Mm -hmm. if you know how to make a proper margarita a proper manhattan a proper you know uh now you can with egg white if you can use that and a proper french 75 and you nail it you, you now the world is a right. possibility. Right. So what I learned is the core stuff. <clears throat> worked with some bad motherfuckers. Worked in some of the greatest sellers in the planet. I mean, tasting, you know, tasting, 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 yeah. tasting, but also schlepping boxes, right. touching bottles, things I couldn't pronounce. You know, when you do an inventory, I remember doing. So I was talking to someone today about a gentleman named Craig Hanna. So for your audience, Craig Hanna runs the Wall Win It. In Nantucket, which is a, you know, <clears throat> Grand Award, three-star Michelin, destination hotel, $1,000 a night. And he gave me a shot when I was in my early 20s, like 21, 22. I think I was 21 and he let me do inventory and you're touching these bottles. And it's like, how do you pronounce this? He's like, Oh, that's, that's, uh, that's Geoffrey Chamberton. Uh, how do you pronounce this? That's Chablis. I'm like, Chablis, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it was just something simple like right, that. So right. I got to touch thousands of bottles. And when I worked at Danielle, my job was cellar rat. My title, if I had a card would have been Frederick Dexheimer rat. When, when
1: Patrick was here, <laughs> when I talked to Patrick, same story, him at the, at, um, at, uh, Try that grill. Yeah. Same story. Way back in the day. Well, yeah, man, with Just Marty and with yes.
2: uh, with Drew yes. and David Gordon.
1: Doing the I mean, sale. We're doing the sale, I didn't order a bottle of wine for years. Just taste inventory.
2: Taste. Yeah, you put learn. your head down, and you right. and you and right. you and, and literally, like, we would. I would have to move. So you know, you have these shelves, right? And everything's in like bin number order. So this is why I wanted to preface with the video store thing because the video store thing back then, remember it was a catalog. Everything had a number. Mm-hmm. You, you remember going to the video yeah. store and picking the, the plastic thing and then bringing it to the counter and then they would swap out the thing for the, for the, for the plastic case that protected the thing I and be kind, to, rewind. <laughs> I was about to say, you had to return them and rewind <laughs> and never, remember yeah. all this shit. Yeah, like, yeah this so I used to catalog all of the categories. So my mom let me catalog what was drama, what was thriller, what was horror, what was sci-fi, what was full, fo- you know. And then I would catalog them into the number system. So I was already set up to do this. So, like for me, it was you know when I started like organizing wine cellars, inventory was something you could do. It was like, oh, I got this. Was no, there was no. I spoke that language. It was like the Dewey Decimal System, right? Like if you knew how to use the Dewey Decimal System, unfortunately,
1: that's how we learned things back in the day. So
2: I get in the cellar of Danielle, and I'm literally moving ten shelves up, ten shelves of wine. And mind you, this is Grand Cru Burgundy and Premier Cru Burgundy. Moving maybe a hundred bottles that may have a worth of 10 grand up one shelf. So I could put in
1: the next thing, the next thing
2: I would spend hours of, I got paid to just move a shelf one up. So my tactile memory of the language of a label, how bottles feel, what, you know, who imports, what the feeling is and the way, you know, this stuff uh, and being in a, and it was a dirt floor cellar. Like, this was the dirt floor. Daniel. Yeah, there was dirt floor in the periphery of it and you know you're you're like four stories underground in you know the most expensive neighborhood in Manhattan yeah, between Ma- Madison and Park yeah. and on 65th. So yeah. you know imagine you're 23 years old and that's that's what you're doing and you're like what the fuck what do you, you don't even know you're just like I'm going through the I'm just I'm going, right? I'm I'm here, I'm going. And here we are, you know, 15 or so years later, right? So was there a group of psalms you tasted with that you practiced with that you did your little <clears throat> weightlifting sessions? Yeah, so um but by and large the first couple of years were on my own. So, so just so what that's was that's just your, raw it was raw, like every I'm gonna a gonna glass fuck of what this you're sh- drinking now. I'm gonna fuck the this bubble. shit up. What's next? So we're gonna t- so what t- was
1: your week what was was there's so, there's always something that you're not strong with? No, was there something? No, there wasn't? Not really. You bastard.
2: So we're gonna taste a Croatian wine. So I went to Croatia a couple of, about a year and a half ago. I this met is some
1: dude. I guy. This is
2: Bruno This guy's a bad motherfucker. This was the guy who had that
1: that tasting up at Bettany six months ago. Yeah, yeah. Southwest France.
2: Yeah, and I met. Well, didn't I meet the guy there that's a Croatian wine guy? Um, Cliff. Cliff. So I visited. Uh, with Cliff, with not with him, but Cliff kind of put me on track. This is Bruto Trapan. He's in, and by the way, this is about two hours from Veneto. So if you think about Italy, right. you, the, what I learned about Croatia is you fly into Veneto and then you drive to, instead of going That's to Zagreb, right. Zagreb's further away. So this is Pula, which is on the Adriatic coast. This is Malvasia. This is tank fermented, tank, a little bit of leas stirring, but this is coastal wine, Open some oysters, clams. I mean, this is you have this ocean surf. Sh- you know, this is South Jersey wine right here. Because think of you know, this is uh, salty. I bought um, a case
1: of, of, of Bio Allegote. Yeah. From, uh, the other day, there was a producer in that was in town. It was all over last week, and it was shit was amazing. I bought his young vines, which are fifty years old, and that's what I did. I burned on my case. I didn't even wrap it. I Just put, wrote on it "summer wine." Yeah, that's perfect.
2: But this, this um, is amazing. So this is probably about uh, twenty two dollars. But not to digress from what you asked me. So uh, the first three four years, I was totally on my own because the because I didn't have master. So it's really important in the master sommelier program, right, to have a mentor or to have you know but but you also as a mentor you need to have proteges because it works in both directions mm-hmm. and you know this as a chef mm-hmm. there's always someone that you can't beat that you that's your beacon of light and then there's always the sous chef that's hungry right. for the thing right. what, no matter what your a sous chef should have line cooks a line cook should have a a prep cook all the way up and down so you're 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 learning and you're teaching so i think there's a big part of that that system of, you know, train-the-trainer, you know, kind of thing. But when I moved to New York, <clears throat> the first guy that helped me out was Willie Share, who Willie Share is a master sommelier, and I'll give you the context, and you'll know the context, at l'atelier. So your kitchen, this yeah, is going to come home for you to roost. Rubichon. No, no, no. no l'atelier. We'll Atelier. Go. Gabriel Crutier's first restaurant in New York City was at Central Park South, was Atelier, where the hell? Where 59th. Was... Okay. And he was a sommelier. He came from Vegas. Okay. Master sommelier trained a lot of people. He's Vegas has
1: got... a lot of master sommeliers.
2: But he moved to New York. Atelier was Gabriel Croutier's mm. first restaurant mm. before he did the modern. Mm. And that He's was a in a your ass. kitchen. But is that he... was your kitchen. You were CPS, right? Oh, you were...
1: You no, were, uh, I was... Oh, you were... You I were... was in the Rich carlton when it was on Central Park South.
2: Yeah, that's the same kitchen. The restaurant that became BLT Market... Before that was so Atelier.
1: That's a different, different Ritz Carlton. It moved the, the block oh, okay. down. We so. used to be in the middle of the block, but by the Athletic Club.
2: Well, yeah, so. Gabriel
1: Cruth is an amazing chef. By the way, if you haven't been to a restaurant Gabriel on Bryant Park, forty second Street, it's ridiculous. That guy ridiculous. Is technically off. The kind of cooking I yeah, just I see less and less of anymore. It's but so it's dialed necessary. in. The it's necessary. Cooks are so technically proficient. Every dish is like so thought out. It works, and but it
2: feels good. It feels it's, yeah. It's a you great don't room. you know. It's not like you know uh, what's the word uh, that uh, you can feel the love.
1: Yeah, and it's a great space, like twenty-five foot ceilings. Uh, what's your name on the floor? The French Emily Perrier runs one's yeah. a Great kid. So anyway, so that was he was your
2: guy. So Willie Cher was the first guy when I moved to New York. So I, I worked with Chris. I worked with um, oh, you know Paul, but, and and, and Jean Luc. I mean, I had a pretty good understanding after two three years in New York of like how to be a wine dude in New York. But what I didn't have is a mentor for the master sommelier part mm. and at that time there was really nobody there was Roger Scott and they were kind of like un- in- unattainable let's say because who, who the fuck was I and like how do you get in touch with these guys you, right. like, you gotta like show up at the door now you can like try to find them on Facebook or you know see them at an event and like be it's like
1: two, it's different world. Mm,
2: two different worlds right. so like literally I had to go out and like hit you know put you know my soles of my shoes had holes in them trying to figure out how to get get this get get to these things so willie helped me out a lot and then we put together a tasting group that tasting group was pretty badass with bernie sun was there the first one we ever did was at the old Monrochet space which became cortan Corton then became batard yep. so we were in the you know in the in the guts of that place And
1: daniel honas that's just got great lineage anyway yeah the, well the daniel wine wise. Well,
2: yeah so daniel wasn't there at the time uh because he was doing his import thing but bernie sun was the wine mm-hmm. director there at the time before he went on to jean george And, um, so it was me and him and, uh, you know, when Aldo moved here and a couple other, like it was a group of like really, and, and we started off with like, you know, a few of us and then it became this huge thing. But back to Laura Manic, Laura and I grew up together. So she, she and I kind of shared the same trajectory, but also in careers, we say share the same trajectory because we both were beverage. So we were Psalms or, you know, one unit Psalm beverage manager. We had, we had a contact with kind of the same mentor, Chuck, and then when we – and she worked with Greg Harrington, who's one of the – you know, he owns Gramercy Cellars in Washington, and that was her mentor as well. And uh, yeah, you know, we weaved and intersected, but the thing that we bonded on more in the MS thing was just the, the, the pain – and, and 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 the pain and the pleasure of having this amazing job where you're running three, four, six, eight, ten restaurants, and we would more talk about how to be buyers and what are our comp- what are, what are our challenges and what are our opportunities for us in that particular role? Buying wines for multiple units. How do you train staff? How do you maximize you know your buying power? Yeah. Who are you buying from? Who do you like the business. the business? You know yep. you know how can we share concepts ideas and you know what what are your challenges and how you know what are my challenges then try and trying to find you know uh solutions to some things that are, are stifling us um and then we had a little group for a little while but really, New York was a dearth of, like, that, because Andrew Emmer passed years ago and left. Scott kind of was on a, you know, Scott Carney, who now runs the International mm-hmm. Carney Center. Uh, uh, he runs an amazing sommelier uh, program, intensive sommelier, and I'm an adjunct professor of that. Um, but, you know, talk to Scott Carney was like, when you're 25 years old, you're like, you know, you're looking up at, you know, the, the giant. Yep. Yep. And Roger, even though he's diminutive in size, it's like Andre Chelashev, like, he yep. was yep. four foot you know, 11, Chains. it's like you're still looking right. up. Yeah, these like, guys are
1: just, they know everything.
2: Yeah, and that was, you know, and now being in the club, so to speak, I passed. I got the, you know, it's, it's, we you know, there's hugs. Your third
1: try.
2: Third try. So, you know, um, and then I met Richard Betts and I met some other guys. So I took, so it's a good story. I took the exam, right? And I totally know I got smoked. Like, I knew it. The first time. Yeah, I just, I knew it. I, so Wayne Belding called me. I was running BLT and we were just about to open. Prime and it was a blustery winter day. And I, the 6 train was my best friend because I could get to all the restaurants from the 6. So I would leave 57th Street, BLT Steak. Right. I could take the 6 on 53rd down to 22nd, right. uh, 23rd and go to Prime. Then I could, or I could just go to Union Square and go over to Fish. So we were in this like really beautiful yeah. line. And I get a phone call and it says like Colorado. And this is before, this was on an iPhone. This was like a, you know, a crappy wow. Nokia, like, yeah, 2005. And Wayne Belding's like, hey, Fred. Like, hey, who's this? He's like, it's Wayne Belding. And I'm like, oh, shit, it's Wayne Belding. <laughs> and he knows the story. It's great. So he's like, uh, and this doesn't happen, by the way, anymore. Like, these spots are coveted. Like, you can't even get in anymore. Like, it's there's so many people. He's like, um, we have a spot for the MS. Do you want to take it? And I was like, you know, like. You know, I like peed my pants and I like jumped for excitement and almost got hit by a cab. And meanwhile, it's January and it's like hailing, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I'll do, you know, and I, you know, and he's like, well. And it uh, was for the next spring. No. A year. No. When? Three weeks. No <laughs> so, yeah, so th- he's like three weeks later. Come and take the exam, but I had been doing a lot of competitions. Right, of course, yeah. So I went to France and did a competition. I won best sommelier in the northeast. I competed for best sommelier in the world, and I was connected. That's so how I met Aldo. He was the best sommelier of Austria, and Andreas Larson, who won best sommelier. And Aldo
1: the world. is Aldo Som. If you don't know, <clears throat> Le Bernardin. Yeah,
2: amazing. Le Bernardin, He has a little wine bar next door, which is incredible. Great people. Um, so yeah, like I was like, yeah, I'll take it. And then I was literally like, oh shit, I'm not ready. <laughs> but I went in. I got I got clobbered. But you know, there's two ways to look at it. Mike. Two ways. Number one, oh, it's unfair. They beat me up. Can you you get that? You know, in that kind of and you do martial arts and you do stuff like that and you do guitar, train harder and come back, come back, period. And in, in thing for me was like, great, I didn't pass anything. So the way this all works is if you don't pass, you're not on the clock. If you pass you're on the clock so it used to be oh, you have three, three years, years to three get all
1: three because there's the technical written stuff yes there's the blind tasting which yep. is, I mean which is again identify three whites three reds region varietal producer year ideally yeah. you get or, or be close really close. And then the service part, which yeah. So if So once you get one of those— Your clock starts. Your clock starts. And you, you have two have years. Two more years to pass the other two. And if you get to three—and I know so many psalms—I'm not going to mention any names because I love them all. I know so many psalms that have done it, and just after, like, the third year and giving up three years of their lives just said, F it. Because now I'm back to square one again. Yeah. And maybe I had a baby or my life has moved on. Exactly. I'm not doing this anymore.
2: Yeah. And, and, you know, I see that a lot. And I've been all over the country, and I've seen a lot of people that have faced that particular thing. Right. Um, so I got lucky So I looked at it So here's how Here's how it used to be Back in the day So I got nothing And So I go to Michael Mina At the sure. time Yeah Cause we did it in San Francisco I go to Mike No I don't go to him Personally So I go to the bar At Michael Mina And Raj Par Was on the floor then No he was the Psalm He was on the floor So Richard Betts Um Jay Fletcher, Wayne Belding, and, uh, like, Nunzio Aliz- Alizotto, who are legendary. These are, these are the yeah. dudes. They're, they're sitting at a table. They're
1: all, you're kidding me.
2: Like, like right in my – like, I'm sitting in the middle of the bar. And, and, and they're in, like, idea. the – like the per- they're, like, right over there in the middle table drinking <gasps> inc- incredible wines. So Raj comes up to me, and Raj knew me because Michael was looking to open bourbon steak. So I had known them because they came in the BLT steak mm. looking – you know, the R&D thing, right? So – I had met them, and so Raj comes up to me. He's like, hey, those guys want to send you some wines. So they send me a flight of wines blind. Right? I nail all the wines, but I'm 10 years off. And I look at Raj. I'm like, come on, dude. I, I called, like, 2001 Gruner. It was 1991 Nikolai Hoff, you know, uh, or Nigo, like the, the top level. And I, I called, like, 2000. I called, like, nine you know, 2000, 1999, coat Routine, it was like 85 giga, la la done, and I, I was like 10 years off, I was like, this isn't, this isn't possible, man, because I understand evolution in wine, and then he's like, provenance, provenance, man, provenance, I get it right from the store, so he, so then I learned that Raj calls up the wineries, and he's getting, you know, he's not going through the importer, so on and so forth, and afterwards, uh, they came up to me, the master's like, look, so here's, here's something funny, um, Jay Fletcher comes up to me. He's like, hey, you, know, you did a good job, kid. Here's my card if you ever need help. And I knew at that moment that, like, I didn't make the mark, but. You got the attention. I got, the, I got the, yeah. they, Yeah, you're on the radar. I'm on the radar. Right. So the next year, I went out to Aspen. And then I went out with Be- Be- Richard Betts- Fletcher. I went out to the Little Nell, which is a bastion of yep. this kind of like mentoring, which we call a stage. If you want to talk about a yeah. stagiaire right. on your show, right. you can Same talk about thing. a stage um, where you go and you just kind of work for free. Yep. Um, and by the way, working for, you know, a, 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 you know if you pay for your flight to Aspen and you get to stay in the Little Nell at their rate, it's not a bad not a bad gig.
1: No, and then learned under underneath the wing of the master. Just taste, taste, yeah, taste. Yeah, but there taste, were taste.
2: there were three. Ma- there were two masters there at the Nell at the time. A third now passed. Plus Jay Fletcher, uh, plus Damon Ornowski. So I was already in. I was kind of hugged by the network at that point, um, but not really directly related to any one person because I was so individualistic. And uh, and then uh, I got two parts. So I passed theory, then I passed service at the same time, and I just missed tasting like one wine. Yeah, so you got to. Do I don't remember the. They set. don't tell you what it is either. Anyway, well, I remember when I passed tasting the third year, so I went zero, two, one. So zero is like so back to that point. Right. Like zero is like a refreshment. Right. It was like great. So I'm on the plane. <laughs> so I'm on the plane, and Madeline Trafon calls me on that same like shitty flip phone from 1998. You know, and she's like, um, and I was literally flying back to New York, and she's like, Fred. Um, Unfortunately, you did a really good job, but unfortunately, you didn't really you didn't pass at a master level. You would have been a really strong advanced pass. But I was on the plane, like that's like that, that was fast. that's what my results were, you know, and uh, that's how it was. Now it's a lot more. Uh, it's it's extremely systematic. It's, it's it's professorial. It's I mean the the, the court of mastersomes now runs like a university it's it's everything is dotted everything everything is dialed um and to get in is really difficult and it's not about getting in it's about passing these tests and you know having um i mean the advanced course like 700 or so people signed up for the advanced that passed the certified but we can only accept 150 because we just can't you know it's it's mm. very now it's now it's elite to get to level 3 it used to be you know like it's right? crazy because yeah. there's just
1: and there is this great interest. I talk about this a lot on the show. That you know, there was a, a trip to Bordeaux a couple of years ago that was funded by the CIVB, and Patrick Capiello had picked a bunch of psalms, and he, it was he curated them. And it was all these young guys and girls that were all like between twenty two and thirty one. Uh, the guy from Beastian, San Francisco. Uh, what's her name from here? Uh, the real. Uh, um, short for John George. to worked for Forgione. Um, anyway, just so I'm hanging out with all these young kids, and they were so. Effing smart! Like, how did you like? Ha, ha, this is like a new generation of twenty somethings. But I mean, you were like the original OG of that because that was what you were doing at that time. I was. But when tw- you were doing. It, nobody was doing that.
2: I was twenty three. I-, I would say that uh, yeah, I was. I moved. Why wasn't that malphate? Isn't Malvation normally more floral,
1: more expressive? Is that just? That Because that was really, I really like that. Normally, I don't like Malvasia. I'm kind of thinking, and eh.
2: it, it does have floral. It does have a little but bit of a But it wasn't like over far. the top. No, it was like more saline salt. So- no, 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 no. Yeah, no, I thought this no, one no, was saline too, no. but I'm not going to
1: say saline no, anymore. No, no, yet. no,
2: no, no, no. This is uh, Torontes and Malvasia. Right. Like and do it each other. Even
1: Viognier. I'm not like those are grapes I'm no, not no, crazy no. about.
2: So you need to calibrate your Malvasia palette here because <laughs> it, does, it does have a touch of floral, but this is more about yellow fruits, um, plum. And then you know this kind of saline, salty. It's grown in the Adriatic coast uh, in Pula, so it's got more of this, and it's in this tank. It's delicious. It's, it's it's crusher wine. I mean, it's just like this is oyster wine. When you're on the beach, cracking oysters, roasting clams, whatever you're doing. Um, and this one here, so I brought you something. To, so the next one here, we'll just go into. Uh, this is Fascina. This is new to me. Um, new to me. Too. The, the producer's new, but this is what's Fascina. It's new to me. The whole thing's new to me. Facine is from uh, Etna, so it's Etna Bianco. So it's Caracante and Carrado. So I knew
1: Caracante. That's what I always think of with Etna Bianco.
2: But this stuff is, like, mind-blowing. It's going on all volcanic stuff. It's got texture and weight and complexity and oxidation. And it's, like, to me, this is, like, uh super-duper fun. So, you know, we started with the Ziggity Rosé. Then we go into the, the, the Trapan Croatian, you know, Oyster White Wine. And now we're in something that you can, like, really sink your teeth into as far as, like, like, like contemplative you know we're now pushing into that contemplative zone of wine it's, it's not white burgundy but you know um no
1: it's 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 delicious i was at, at the first time a couple of years ago some really good stuff going on
2: yeah well back to the mentor one second
1: show. hold on for one second we, i want to get to that we need a break for a commercial in the middle of the show like commercial. it's two minutes long we're gonna roll that tape and be back with fred dexheimer in approximately 90 seconds or less Hey folks Mike Calameco here everybody knows that great cooking really starts with great ingredients and these days we have so many options to choose from well I go back to the Colavita family brand for years, and there really is a Colavita family behind this brand. I I got their story long after I started using their products. Back in the mid-80s, when I was the chef at the Ritz-Carlton here in New York City, one of the things you can do as a chef is order your own food. You do the purchasing, and we switched olive oils to Colavita. Uh, When I had my own restaurant down in Cape May, New Jersey, The Globe, for years, that's all we ever poured at the table. That's all I ever cooked with. And then when I started my PBS show in 1999, I thought, you know, if I'm going to look after underwriting and funders, why don't I go after products that I actually use at home? that I actually cook for my family with and in my restaurant with. I've been working with them for 15 years, with the PBS series and now with Heritage Radio. The Colavita family goes back generations in Italy. They make their olive oil from great sourced olives, traceable sourced olives, just south of Rome in Molise province, Abruzzo, which is where my family hails from. Since then, their family's moved here, so there's Colavitas living in Rome, Colavitas living in America. It's a great trusted family brand. It's the olive oil I use, and I recommend you try it as well. (laughs) We're back doing something fun. Fred, next time we're eating pizza. So if you hear the sound of chewing, the next, you haven't had a piece yet. <laughs> I have a piece. So I'm going to do this while Fred eats. I'm not going to ask him a question. I'm going to time this. So <laughs> eat slowly. So. We are getting that story Fred about the Master Simon thing, which is funny. So the other day, Fred posted on Facebook to his friends a question, and he just it was a general thing. He said, "Hey, all my Facebook wine friends, what's your number one hot button issue dealing with winemaking, vineyards, service?" The only caveat is let's not talk too much about or at all about natural wines or orange wines because that's like a whole other discussion. Well, that's going
2: that's what they're gonna say anyway.
1: Well, already half of them ignored that, which yeah. is correct. About one third of them were about natural. Well, that,
2: that's a whole other point. Read the fine print, my friends. So, all right, I'm gonna put this pizza down. So down. You need to have this Alianico, by the way, with the pizza because it's Campania, Campania. You but you're in, you're in Sicily, so you're close. But this
1: wine it's, th- it's th- across a little bit of water between them, and that water between Sicily and Campania is some of the best sword fishing water on planet Earth. Yeah, my fisherman friends tell me that. Oh man, this is delicious. I haven't tasted it yet, but... So, tell me about this wine. Tell me about the producer. Tell me about why.
2: Well, um, this is Montevitrano, which is one of the icons of... And kind of the rule breakers. Super, It's super Tuscan, super companion wine. Um, but uh, Montevitrano is one of those wines that's Alianico, Merlot, Cabernet. So, it broke the mold of the traditional grape varieties. Yeah. So, is. But this is their baby wine. It's called Core. Um, you know, kind of probably $30, $25, $30 retail, but... Campagna. So we're here at Roberta's, and when I think about Roberta's, I mean, I know there's incredible food beyond pizza, but I come here for pizza. And I come here for specifically a Naples-style margarita-
1: pizza.
2: Style pizza, you know, uh, bufala, uh, San Marzano tomatoes. Yep. we're having the
1: margarita right now, the, the, the we're basic eating a margarita. model.
2: So I brought a Campanian wine, perfectly suited, and then I brought the Sicilian wine. So, like, we're right here in the heart of where pizza is. So Sicily, Campania, um... And this wine to me is like one of those, like, just, you know, I eat a lot of red sauce food. I love cooking uh, meatballs and bolognese and, you know, uh, you know, I love making uh, sofrito. Anything I could cook with sofrito and put, base, some, right? put some meat and tomatoes into and cook for six Freeze, hours, right? you know, good to go. Boom. that's one of the mother sauces. We'll go back to that.
1: So you, so, so you, you passed two of the three. You got the server, you got the technical part down. Now you got to do the tasting.
2: So the tasting was funny because Laura, so back to Laura Manick, you know, we were there in San Francisco and, uh, and I was telling, so I did a blind tasting with some kids today and it was kind of funny. Um, so, I, so I, I get to the, get to the hotel and they were running a bit late because that happens in exam situations, you know, like sometimes it takes a little longer, things don't go well, the ho- you know, and, 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 and when you're on their side of it, so the master comes down, forget who it was, but he's like, Hey Fred, um, we need 10 minutes. We'll call you up in 10 minutes. And I, you know, so I was like, all right. So I go to the bar of the of the hotel mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, there's Albarino, there's Ouvray, there's all these like, there's all these wines that are problematic, blind tasting wines, yeah. i.e. neutral, high acid white wines without oak. So what does that mean? Because there was
1: in that, in that Somme, wasn't one of the guys confusing <clears throat> when they were going back afterwards, what? You thought, you thought it was an Albarino? I thought it was a Vuvrier. What are you talking about? What I remember going, oh, my God. And these are, like, the best of the best. And that was, I'm not, I could be wrong, but I think those were the two that, that, that they were confusing. So keep going. I'll shut up.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I ordered, like, $100 and buy the glass wine.
1: Before yours.
2: Yeah, I had 10 minutes. So I just said, can I get a glass of right. these five? And I went, ding, 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 ding. Go up, do my exam. You know, I, And basically, you know, I felt pretty confident. Because I really thought the second time I was, I was, I was going to do what's called the Schlitz Cup. So if you pass all three in, at once, it's called the Krug Cup. Like, that's like a very rarefied thing. I think 10 people or 15 people, right. like, you know, 6% of people, Krug Cup. Right. I don't, there was only one master that I know of, maybe there's more now, but Joe Spellman in Chicago, who works with Justin and uh, worked with Charlie Trotter back in the day. He was the only one that went O and then three like which is a huge thing because if you struck out the first round and then you clean the deck the I mean like that's like you know what the you're in a happened? you're like in a slump you're 0 for 4 and then you come back and hit like grand three grand home runs like loaded ninth yeah lane. like you pull a yeah. Reggie Jackson in yeah. like the 77 World Series with the Yankees and you hit three and you know that's kind of how magnificent that kind of feat is and um I was I was like and everyone was but back then it was like we're talking 2006. We're talking like 11 years ago. Everyone's like, "Yeah, he's gonna do it," and I was like feeding into that energy, and uh, I just missed tasting by just this, you know a skosh. I think they'll maybe tell me different, but um, when I went to the tasting the last time, I was I had 10 minutes, so I was like, "Let's and- taste some wines." <laughs> so it, the the message is sometimes you have to prime yourself. You know, sometimes you, you take a shot before you go on the, the air. You, uh, you you have rituals, right? Like mm. you meditate before you go on camera or you take a shot. Everybody has a ritual. I don't, you know, Tony Robbins has a ritual that he does when he goes on stage. Or So
1: they come downstairs 10 minutes later. You whisk upstairs in the elevator. You're sitting at the table. I looked at the wines.
2: Three said, reds, three go. whites. Yeah, three reds, three couple whites. A couple guys
1: sitting across from you. You have 23 minutes. 25. 25 minutes. 25 minutes.
2: Bang. Bang. Go. How'd it go? It's the shortest 25 minutes of your life. I
1: bet. And So a couple of them were easy? No. None of them were easy. None of them were easy? No. So you, what do you do? Like like color first, then the nose, then back to color, then yeah, the nose? Yeah, so,
2: well, there's different ways to do it. And if I had to do it over, I would do it differently, um, even though I passed. Because it's this, a,
1: like, deductive it's style. A,
2: yeah, so you, you have six wines. So, you you know, you, you know I was telling this, this student today, you know, you got to size them up size them up man like take the time when you're sitting there when they're telling you instructions start looking size the size up the table and look at color look at what's golden right what's green what's what's green what's What's platinum that's white right what's darker red darker white so golden is a dark white so more oxidative you know a wine with a pale color that's probably a young wine right uh red wines the more paler the older the more like brick tawny but if something's like violet purple that's a young wine with a lot of extraction so you got to like Size up the table, and you know you you know it's like a game like um you gotta you gotta figure out who you're gonna take out first, you know like that's why I look at it as a now I look at it very differently um so now I look at it in a sense of like like combat or like. You know, I'm gonna am in a street fight or something. I'm like,
1: we can uh, we can share that. That's a good way to put it.
2: Yeah, you got to like look at who's the weakest, right. who's And gonna, take them out first. Who am I
1: dropping first, and where do I turn next?
2: Yeah. So that's the first thing, and that's color. That's without even touching a picking up a glass. You know. So then you pick up the glass, but then you got to like you can't just pick up the first glass. You got to look at because what happens is you go down a, you get end up in a rabbit hole. So you so yeah. let's like, so let's say wine number one. You start with wine number one. There's six wines, and three of them are white. And you you go through you look at it, it's pale straw it's this 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 and all of a sudden you invent that it's Sancerre and sauvignon blanc and you and you head. got the blinders on and yeah. this myopic you know this total myopic view and then you get to wine number two and you're like fuck that's Sancerre. <laughs> now <one> you <laughs> now what's one so you got twenty five minutes right and. Um, you know so you got to like you have a, you have to have a strategy it's like chess you know like what i learned about chess is uh and i didn't learn until later in life is the bobby fischer thing the bobby fischer thing is i always used to move the pawns no you move the knights and you attack the middle of the board that so you got to attack the middle of the board uh, take knight to e4 uh, take knight to e5 and
1: so was there like a, was there a specific glass, the red or the white, that you were, it was coming down to like, I'm not 100% sure of this. Yeah, there be,
2: was an Italian wine. I, I, there was two wines. There was a wine that I, so Vouvray, I don't know if it was a Riesling or Vouvray. And I don't know so if there was they were,
1: Confusing Riesling and Vouvray. Because
2: there was all, uh, there was residual sugar. So to define that, there's two white varieties with high acid that tend to have residual sugar. So it was either
1: Chenin or Chenin or Riesling. Riesling. So
2: um, that was one. And the other one. Was there any petrol in the, the of the Vouvray? Was it a Vouvray? I can't. It was eleven years ago. Man. Okay, all right. So I'm, okay, okay. <laughs> I passed. Right,
1: done. Whatever so, you got. It.
2: But the other one, and to p- put put your heritage there, it was um, it was either Brunello or Barolo, and I don't, I I got either one of those, one of the two of those, I got wrong. I will never know because they never release. You never get told. You're correct. You the, never get told what it you, was. You, 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 it's pass or Perfect. no pass. Right. It's not fail. It, it's pass, or you didn't pass. There's no. It, we don't use the f word. <laughs> In our, they don't because it's you know, it's politically correct, no pass. Br- Brunello and Barolo, I mean, you so well. I could tell you how that works. Tell me tannin Nebbiola has more tannin than Sangiovese, but it was a super duper high quality wine. All the reds were like 10 to 20 years old, so imagine tasting. So, I think one was a Rioja, one was a Bordeaux, and one was either Brunello, Brunello, or and you had to get the vintage. You had to we're be close. like, you, had like to you
1: be... can't confuse like 05 with 04 or 10 well, with y- nine. So here's... Nine was super hot in Bordeaux and 10 was a whole nother story.
2: Yeah. I mean, yes, that's important. But at the end of the day, what we're looking for, because I'm an examiner now.
1: Right, right. Talk. What you're looking for is?
2: What we're looking for is, do you have a concept of what the wine is?
1: An understanding of? Of,
2: of what the wine is. Right. And, Here's how
1: this grape in this terroir, in this style presents itself.
2: Et cetera, et cetera, right. et cetera. What are and the then,
1: markers? How did you get that?
2: And then you have to get the the variety. So let's mm-hmm. say that you have to get the variety, region, country, so let's say I called it Brunello de Monticino It's from central Italy, from Tuscany. It's a high-quality wine because it's Brunello. You can't call Brunello medium-quality right. wine because Brunello's, and for your listeners, right. Brunello's, you know, Brunello's for closers, you know. Um, Brunello, Brunello's Man- for ballers. It would be
1: Rosto de Montalcino or something else. It if it was same grape varietal from a lesser appellation, yeah. So you got to understand
2: yeah. the lingo, right? right? Like you're saying all this stuff, and like it's complex and all these things. And but the the marker for that really is the higher tannin. But if you're if you're in Italy, high quality, you really understand what's going on in the glass. But it's Nebbiolo Barolo. You're not like failing. You're like you're you understand the concept you just missed the fact that there was more tannin and you missed the fact that there was a little bit more of an aromatic component that was a little different and a texture maybe it's it's texture like, to me, I'm a textural No, Pasca uh, talks taster. about
1: that all the time. Because every time I go to Rouge, every, all the times I've gone, I always ever blind taste me just to humiliate myself. And, you know, sometimes I'm... some Well, sometimes... I mean, I, I'm not going to the year or the producer, but if I no, can get the you. grape and the region, I'm thrilled. And then, like, the other... I was there for a while. I don't drink a lot of Pinot Noir because it's kind of expensive, and I don't drink a lot of domestic American wines for whatever reason. And I don't drink a lot of Burgundy because it costs too much money. Well, so th- she poured a Pinot for me, and it was three of us, my son and another wine person. And... You know, I'm thinking, I love these, it feminine, it was light, it could be ruque, it could be norello mascalese, it could be, yes, I'll have this glass. Anyway, I was wrong, but I was in, like, the right playing field.
2: Well, here's what I think about blind tasting now, and uh, I didn't really Talk tell you me. what I'm doing now, so I'm the National No, Wine so well, tell me about this,
1: this is what the latest thing, so Fred, Fred, Fred was, like, a star in New York. Who just kind of decamped to go to Asheville or North Carolina? Or I
2: moved down to the, the Triangle, Raleigh Durham. Yeah, Triangle. Yeah.
1: And there was a restaurant you were, I would see on Facebook. There was a restaurant you were involved with. There was a video you sent me once. It was really cool. You're cooking some of this dude um,
2: juice bar, coffee shop, juice bar, coffee shop. And all of a sudden, garden, Fred's coming bar. back,
1: and we're all like stoked. Welcome home, dude. That's how it kind of feels like. Fred's yeah, back. I'm, I'm, I'm home. And you're at Winebow. So tell me what you're doing. Tell tell us who Winebow is for those of you who don't know the name.
2: So um, I got um, well. I'll just say that there are the most amazing serendipities in life and happy accidents. And uh, so I work with Winebow, um, Winebow Group. Um, they, in New York, it's Winebow Group and Martin Scott. But um, around the country, we have um, an amazing presence of some of the greatest wines in the world. That's what Mike and I are tasting here. Um, so, you know, we have some of the greatest wines in the world, and I get to be the national education director. So right now I'm trying to carve and create um, a national education program that will ripple through 20 states, 25 different distributors, um, as well as servicing and like you know teaching the kids on the street here in New York in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, um, how to this, sell how to it, sell wine more effectively. Is this a new position? It's a new position. Right? They
1: so like carve this space out for you, figuring.
2: Well, they carved the space out for someone who and, can. And I got and friends. I
1: got lucky. But right, you're a great communicator. You know your shit. You can train people. You're not. I mean, I've seen you in groups of people before. Yes. You speak like regular language. It's not like, oh, my God, I'm yawning too. No, I get it. Like, There's like a level of energy that's exciting to draw people in.
2: Yeah. Well, that's, that's, what, uh, that's what basically got me the gig, right? Um, so I've been an independent. I've worked on my own for about eight years and worked with wines of Chile, wines of Southwest France, right. wines of Toro, Macedonia, Croatia. Uh, Laurent Tourindel, I worked with. Uh, he was my, my chef. Like when you have a chef, that's home. And I would say my chef is Laurent, uh, unequivocally. Um, and, you know, I've worked with great hotels, Omni. I've worked with Grand Hyatt. I've had, amazing, I've had amazing clients. But this gig came up, and it was like, this is the next level. I, How'd I turned 40. How did it come to you? A little birdie just was like, hey, Fred, you should go talk to this person. And I was like, I'm fine.
1: One of those things, seriously. You know,
2: you know how this works, right? Like, you're, you know, how are you at Heritage Radio? It was like, how are you in Brooklyn as a New Jersey guy? Right? Like, just by, you know. So, yeah, and, and then I did the interview, and I did a process, and I met people, and I did the, you know, I presented stuff, and they were just like, yeah, he's the guy. And, you know, and there were a lot of good people, and... um so Here you're we doing are. travelings, tastings, well no tastings. my focus right now is just to be in New York and learn learn the company. Okay. Right? So I'm a company guy, Mike.
1: I saw Wolfgang mm. the other day doing a tasting with their staff. Yeah.
2: So you know, like it's a great go,
1: room, isn't it? It's amazing. Those they, Gustavino tiles. They, and, that, and I have to by say, the way, that
2: room is powerful. Those those guys, the service guys there. Have been there since day one.
1: Yeah, it's like, and it's they, like Luger on this side of the bridge. Exactly, the guy the Wolfgang? There's the kid that runs it. His dad was a, a lifer as a server. He might have been the maitre d at Luger. Yeah, and when he went to retire, the kid was on kind of in the skids. The kid's like it was one of those stock market recessions, and the kid's like, Dad, let's open a restaurant. The dad's like, Dude, I'm not retiring. No, let's open a restaurant. And They
2: have like six,
0: you yeah, know, done and really uh, well. so
2: I did a favor for the for 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 our team. You know, they had a couple wines in there, and I was like, I'll I'll go do it. And I basically walked out with a picture, a pint of beer, a bunch of high fives, and they were like, thank you so much. We, you know, these are like, you know, Ar- 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 Armenian guys, yeah, yeah. like Eastern, you know, former Yugoslavia guys. And they're like, you talk about wine the way we see thi- you, 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 you know, you, like you said, you make sense of it. Like, this is what you need to know. Here's the, here's the wine. Yeah. Here's what it feels like. Here's what it tastes like. Here's how to relate it to other things. So, it was, it was, you know, but I do all what are we kinds drinking? of drinking.
1: This is delicious. What are we this
2: drinking? is called um, uh, Antu Anima Negra. So, these are these are these crazy dudes who are on Mallorca. Um, and this is Calette. and um, I think it may be Lista Negro or something. But uh it's Antu. Um, these guys I mean, pretty cool stuff. It's uh, you know, this is from Mallorca. And you know, I brought you some fun stuff, but these are all so no no yeah I am not Mister Natural I'm not Mister Orange I'm not Mister Organic I'm not Mister Dynamic. There. We're get
1: Which i to get you back before <clears throat> the end of June I leave. But
2: uh, here's the deal with these these are just wines I think are cool I like I think they're unique they're they represent the variety yeah. and the place that they're from really well I don't have any mo other than that I want to have like clean delicious beautiful wine that represents you know it's, and a, and also in a price point yeah, okay. so all these wines are twenty to thirty bucks retail maybe even below.
1: So this could be by the glass wines for Yeah, these
2: would be, like, you could have this Malvasia by the glass. This, uh, the Ziggity, um, I think that has a big potential. That's be, ridiculous. The Rosé so at, like, That's 12 bucks. in a restaurant.
1: What a way to start crush, the night. Yeah. Crush, Rather than having a cocktail before dinner, a glass of that. Keep your palate fresh. Crush. Delicious. Yeah. We're going to get you back because we never got, I mean, I actually, look, I had a list of things I was going to ask you. And You know how many I asked <clears throat> you? The first one. Ah, oh, but well, that was the best one. It was a good one because I got your story, and that's all I really wanted to yeah, get out yeah, of this with yeah. the Fred well, Deck story.
2: Well, the story's great, Mike. I really appreciate it. No, oh no, no, great wines. Thank um, you. You're
1: gonna, you'll come back. I'm, really, between now and the end, I only do this till the end of June, then I take summers off to live at the beach for three months.
2: So well, yes, I want your schedule.
0: Na- and we got to go. By the
2: way, York. we got to go see Bill Frizzell. And for your listeners, uh, Bill's one of the first guitarists I ever saw in New York City at the Village Vanguard.
1: It's good. It, and I almost lost like my church.
2: wife to be because she was like get me out of here this music is 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 hurting my ears he's got acquired
1: uh, taste he's really intellectual there's not a lot it's very you gotta love bill to love bill
2: favorite guitarist
1: oh man i don't i mean i i i'm not gonna answer that because i have too many but i'll say this about bill frizzell what i love about bill frizzell is that he sort of, and I said this 20 years ago when I first heard him, he was like the Jim Hall of the new generation of jazz yeah. guitarists. Yeah. A guy that didn't crush you with his technique. It wasn't Pat Martin, it wasn't Metheny, wasn't Schofield. They're all great. It wasn't John McLaughlin, another one like my Gar-Goth. Bill, What Bill Frizzell did is, is what Jim Hall did, which is use space. A note here, a note well, like there. Je- like Jeff Beck. We're, like Je- Jeff Beck's crazy. He's another guy. Amazing. I mean, we can go on and on. So you're coming back. Thank you. Congratulations on the Winebow gig. What a fun Fred time. Fred Dexheimer, Master Thanks, you can see why. Um, next week, I've got a couple people in one of the oldest health food stores in Brooklyn, going back to the seventies. We're coming to talk about that story and its evolution. And then, well, oh, that's not nice, Patrick. Um, and then I got a girl coming to who's doing something great. She's a, a TV personality, a blogger, and she's doing because of the uh, the Trump ban on everybody. She's doing recipes from all the countries that aren't allowed to come here so that'll be fun that's next week take care have a great week it's going to 65 degrees here it's going to snow tomorrow welcome to march
2: thanks mike